G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision 180. Live different. Different. And joining me in the studio tonight is John Mackay, the creation guy. How are you tonight, John? I'm pretty good for a living fossil, according to my grandchildren, <laughs> one becoming a dinosaur, and just back from sort of 10 to 12 weeks of ministry. So great to be back on Vision, particularly with my ears. Yes, true. Yeah. You did lose your hearing for a while, I so it's good that woke it's, up it's back. I deaf as a post after I had an infection and they blew, and I learned one thing, as I love to tell people, you can't evolve hearing and balance separately. Because as soon as I shut my eyes, I lost my balance too. Yeah, ah, true. God made it all in one go on the sixth day. That's right. Yeah. Amen, brother. So good. Um, and uh, last time you were here, Joseph was in the studio. Yes. And he went on like a bit of a tour with you guys. Mm-hmm. How did that go? Well, for 10 weeks, we were training him on ministry, on digging up fossils, on getting to know Australians <laughs> and learning a different version of English. He did really well. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. If you want to hear that one, yeah. I did um, podcast that yeah, chat. Did. So it's that's on our right. website. If you want to watch it, it's, um, well, listen to it, vision180.org.au. But John Mackay, our creation guy, is in the studio tonight. If you have any questions, drop them through to our Facebook page. And one popped up, John, that I wanted to ask you just to break the ice, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, Veggie Tales. You've heard of mm-hmm. Veggie yep, Tales? Yep. I Classic. have grandchildren. Watched a lot That's of them. right. <laughs> Fruits or vegetables? Broccoli, celery, gotta be Veggie Tales. Llama beans, collard greens, peachy king, Veggie Tales. Cauliflower, sweet and sour. So the two main characters is Bob the Tomato and then Larry the Cucumber, mm-hmm. which I saw a post the other day. Someone pointed out that both of the main characters of VeggieTales are technically fruits, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. So yeah. it caused a bit of a debate on the internet. So I thought you could be the one for us to finally settle this argument. All right, I'll give you my veggie <laughs> wisdom, uh, my fruit wisdom, etc. When you look at the botanical definition, a fruit is anything that comes from a plant that has flowers that grows as an encapsulation with seeds in the middle. Mm -hmm. So hence, tomatoes are fruit. Cucumbers do the same, so technically they're fruit. But both of those, because they're served on your plate along with meat, the rest you regard as veggies, Mm, right? So we treat them as veggies, so it's a cultural definition. But botanically correctly, it's regarded as a fruit. A veggie, by definition, is anything that comes from the rest of the plant, right? So if you really want to eat the roots of the carrot, uh, well, you can eat the leaves too, but they're both technically vegetables, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, that that's the, the botanical definition. Culturally, it sort of meanders. Mm. Um, is a strawberry a fruit? Is it a berry? You know, because you treat it as a fruit, it's a dessert, but in reality, the cucumber's a fruit and we call it a vegetable. True. So there's, uh, if you like mathematics, there's a thing that was invented called Venn diagrams. And what they do is you put two of them together and you put the extremes. Well, here's an orange, that's a fruit. There's a carrot, that's a vegetable. And then you line up all the categories in between. And the ones that are overlapped are the ones we're confused about. That's right. right. So yeah. that's, that's, that's the best way of sorting it out. So really, everyone's still a little bit confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not confused. It's just that our culture treats it historically as one thing, whereas the scientists treat it technically as another. It's like roses, thorns. Yeah. Well, technically a rose doesn't have thorns. It has prickles. 
but nobody believes, nobody uses that phrase, right? So <laughs> it's the problem between culture and, and technicalities. Well, there you go. John McKay, the creation guy, is my guest in the studio tonight. If you guys have any questions, drop them through to our Facebook page, or you can always give us a call like Harry has done. Harry, what's your question for John McKay? Um, my question is um, about the Nephilim and... Uh, do you believe that the bones of dinosaurs, some bones of dinosaurs that we found and they haven't been a full skeleton, that we just believe that they're bones of dinosaurs because they're not human uh, okay. and they're not any other creature? Do you believe that they could actually be the bones of the Nephilim? Quickly explain what Nephilim are for those people okay. who are not quite Nephilim sure. Nephilim is a Hebrew word. It's been traditionally translated because if you know anything about the history of the English language, the Bible came into English via the, the church in the day, which used traditionally a Latin translation from the 3rd and 4th century. Mm-hmm. So they used the word gigantes, right? Gigantes turned into giants. So you'll find in English there were giants in the land in those days. Now, if you then sit down and say, why on earth did we put that word there? Mm. Um, giants, something big, right? That's, yeah. that's the way we think about it. Why do we use the word gigantes? Because there's not a single description of their size in Genesis chapter 6. Okay. Well, gigantes, gia, gia, the earth. And you'll find that the first gia was actually the god of the earth, right? The goddess of the earth. And she mated with another god and they produced big offspring. Yeah. Okay. So built into the word giants is a lot of Greek mythology. So it's better to go back to the Hebrew word nephilim, which means fallen or fellers, right? Yeah. Uh, people who, if you get in touch with them, they're liable to knock you down, right? They're big <laughs> enough to, to kick you over. Yeah. That's all you know about this group in Genesis chapter six. But when you have a look, at the dinosaur bones, if you find the whole dinosaur with a head bone connecting neck bone to the tail, it's obviously not a human. Yeah. But when you find isolated bones, what most people don't realize is that New Testament verse where Paul says, there is one flesh for the birds, one flesh for the animals, one flesh for the man, one matter for the stars, etc. God has so made his creation so you can actually not only recognize the whole, you can recognize a bit. The police use it. Is this a bit of flesh from a dog? Is it a flesh from a human being? Mm. analyze the internal structure. Hey, it's a human being. Look, it's got human DNA. Mm. The same is true for the dinosaurs. Whilst you can't get DNA from all of them, the internal structure of the bones tell you straight away it's not a human being. So it's as easy as one thing. You give me a plesiosaur bone and I don't even need to cut it up. I'll tell you exactly what it is because I know the structure off by heart in my head. I've found, seen so many of them. Right. So you actually can tell and not one of the ones called dinosaur bones has turned out to be a giant human. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. About to head out of here, John, but one last question for you is like a personal one for myself. I'm really confused about climate change and the Bible and just as Christians, how are we supposed to look after the planet? God's given it to us, but, you know, is climate change real, global warming, all that kind of stuff? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I rang a friend yet last night um, because a few weeks ago I was out in his property out towards Cecil Plains and it was dry as. It was bone dry. It was dusty. And he said to me, I don't know what we're going to do for money this year. It's too dry to plant, mm. right? And he said, that'll be serious. 
and uh, we prayed for rain. So I rang him yesterday and said, what's the weather report? What's the rain? He said, we've had two inches we can plant. Woo, right? that's awesome. Right? And in reality, one of the things I learned early on was that the Lord's Prayer, you know, when the disciples said, what should we pray? How should we pray? Teach us to pray. Mm. And Jesus said, here's the generic pattern. Our Father who art in heaven, and those who are listening, you're quite right, I learned it in King James. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, we never stop and think about the Lord's Prayer because we just usually parrot it off, right, mm. fast as we possibly can. If you're going to get bread, you have to have flour. Flour comes from wheat. Wheat comes from the plants that grow on the farm, and the farmer can only grow them provided the ground is wet enough to plant, right? Yeah, true. So the Lord's Prayer is a climate control prayer I've because never it's really <laughs> to the way. controller of the climate, right? Yeah. And there's the biggest problem with all the theories on man-based climate change. We're making ourselves God. Instead of saying, hey, listen, tomorrow morning, God can kill off all of our enemies. Remember that story in the Old Testament? There's hundreds of thousands of people that will never win. Let's ask God. And the next morning, the whole camp was empty because virus had come through or something and hundreds of thousands are dead of them and the rest fled. Mm. Right? God won the victory. And so we need to remember that our God is the creator God. He invented the weather. Don't be surprised. He can tweak it. Uh, I've had some people say, hey, you Christians should pray for rain if your God's really in charge. <laughs> and I've said back, you know, hey, perhaps I should pray for some more drought so you guys finally get round to repenting. Yeah. Right? Because he, the God who sends the drought sends the rain yeah, and that's, that's the funny. big problem with all our climate change theories of putting man in charge we're not mm. right? so that's the way to look at it that's awesome well thank you so much for hanging out tonight John and if we want to find out more just head to creationresearch.net good on you thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media to find out more about us go to vision.org.au